Well, what a winsome and wonderful delight it is to be present. And of course, uh, there is uh, room for uh, apology, hence uh, my deferment. I, uh, uh, I had purposed to be here uh, precisely, uh, promptly, on time, and, um, but I'm here. I honor uh, the phenomenal leadership of, of one in persona, uh, Pastor Dr. Johnny Barber, and what a palpable leader he is, and to that end, I am forever praising God for such a spirit. I want to thank God for our presiding, uh, perhaps, uh, leader, uh, Dr. Phil Bart, what privilege it is to be to be your cousin. Uh, to Sis Williams, uh, I am always grace uh, the more in exposure when the Lord gives me such an auspicious privilege to engage your presence. And to all of you who are here, preachers, uh, I'm honored to be in your presence always uh, whenever you have delivery in the presence of preachers, there's always this kind of of shuddering effect, uh, perhaps that the preacher cannot transcend. I am so delighted to be here. I'm so honored to be here. And uh, so let me get to work. Uh, now, uh, I said on, the, on last evening, I felt perhaps uh, extensively uh, at variance or distance from you. And so I wanted to just get on the floor so I could uh, perhaps talk to you, all right? Um, here's what I want to do for the sake of time. I, I want to call your attention again to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Look with me again at verse 1. And then I'm going to, yesterday I read for you verses 1 uh, through 6. Now, perhaps in some lecture trajectory, I will suggest to you that I'm going to try to cover the ground, all right? But if not, I want to give you perhaps, I think, the thematic thrust for textual consideration as we read uh, chapter, chapter 4. Look with me at verse 1, and then, of course, I'll lift verse 16. Verse 1, and I'll lift verse 16, all right? Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have, and I want you to underscore the we have this ministry. It is so critical that you see the inclusivity of ministry, and you do not categorically isolate ministry to only be that perhaps that's employed by the preacher. Now, now that's important. So I want you to get that because what Paul says is simply uh, to the Corinthians, he says, we have this ministry. Now, now from the commencement, I want you to see this concept of stewardship because we have this ministry. Just say with me, we have yeah. this ministry. Yeah. Let me tell you why that's so important, and then I, I'm going to finish reading. Let me tell you why that's important. 
because if this ministry is lacks lacking if this ministry is languishing then you can point the finger all you want to but we have this ministry <laughs> I, now, now you got to get this be, be, because it, it, it's, so, it's so simple and easy for us to point fingers and begin to profile personalities hence we are perhaps so conscientious when it comes to informing perhaps who is the culprit who's culpable for perhaps our decline and generally it's the preacher so someone say with me we have, we have this, this ministry, ministry. And you got that here's what he says as we received mercy here's really the thematic thrust I think of, of textual consideration here's what Paul says we do not lose heart we do not lose heart say we do not lose heart now look with me at verse 16 he repeats it there has to be something uh, to, to this statement verse 16 therefore read with me that's all I want you to hear therefore we do not lose heart now, now here's what I want you to get Here, here's what I want you to get here's what I want you to get Paul says that hear me that those who embrace this ministry authentically that is th this is our ministry he, he, he says at some point some juncture via the journey here's what Paul says you're going to be tempted to quit let me say it again because I don't care how stoic you act this morning at some point you've wanted to quit in fact some of you have even declared your resignation without submitting one here's what Paul says Paul says hear this we don't lose heart now here's another way of saying it we don't grow lax because now you got to get this there are people who are still positionally hear this profile but have grown lax there are people who have not left the ministry hear this but have taken leave from ministry Now, 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 now here, here's another way of saying it they are still they, they are yet coming to church he, he, hear this but they are so detached derelict if you will in spirit they've abandoned the ministry in spirit because they have misdirected hear this the blame to the end that they have categorically categorize the culprit here's what it sounds like 
I, I ain't doing nothing else. Because they ain't right. <laughs> Y'all got it, right? And, and so, so, so say with me, I won't lose heart. Now, now, I must tell you, I don't care who you are, that ministry has the proclivity to perpetuate pressure. Ministry can be onerous. It can be burdensome. Ministry can be laborious. Ministry can be exhausting. It can be draining. Ministry can be conflictus. Because I don't care who you are, at some point, you're going to bump into conflict. Ministry can sometimes look like a battlefield. Because combatants come to church. But somebody say, I won't lose heart. There ought not be anything that happens in ministry that will cause you to quit. Somebody say, I won't quit. Now, here's what I want to do. Because uh, I'm always, again, envisioning um, the future, exceptionally, through faith. And I, I want to just emphasize, because I'm really passionate. I, I am relative to the projection, the trajectory of the church. Hence, I'm interested in the future of the church. Here's what A.W. Tozer says. Here's what he says, and I think it is quite interesting. He says that the church, the church is the highest or greatest expression of God's will in our age. I, I like that. Let me say it again. He, he says that the church is the greatest expression of God's will in our age. He says, lest we forget, he purchased it with his own blood. <laughs> now, 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 he father states and I state, he or she who scorns the local church scorns Christ. But that simply means that you can't give up on the local church. Because to give up on the local church one is guilty of giving up on Christ. Somebody say, I won't lose heart. I'm fascinated perhaps with, perhaps contextually with what most of you are fascinated with. But one of my fascinations uh, is uh, um, perhaps the sinking of the Titanic. I'm just fascinated with it. You know, that how, how could a ship uh, so vast so voluminous and so venerable how could a ship that had so much press <laughs> how could it sink now now let me tell you this i perhaps i picked up a piece uh, gracie archibald uh, has has written a piece it, it's it's kind of old but but she's written a piece and the piece is titled uh, the truth uh, about uh, the sinking of the Titanic. <laughs> the truth about the sinking of the Titanic. Now, now here's something she notes, and, and then I'm going to give you some just some nuances because perhaps th th there's something, perhaps maybe a portrait or picture 
that, that I'm trying to paint on my feet, okay? Here, 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 here's what she says. That uh, she says it was coincidental. That, that's her language. Coincidental that the first service, here's the hymn they sing. The first service on the ship, here's the hymn they sing. Oh God, our help of ages past. Our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, our eternal home. She said that was in their first service, the hymn they sang on the Titanic. She says, coincidentally, it was the last hymn <laughs> in the last service they sang on the Titanic. Oh God. I help in years past. I hope for years to come. I shelter from the stormy blast. Our eternal home. Y'all get this. Please don't miss this. It was the hymn they sang. And while the ship was singing, sinking, they were not singing a hymn. They had a band. And they were shouting and dancing while they were sinking. I, hear, I, I just want to talk to us. Because I, I want to suggest to us, I don't care if you sing hymns or if you have a band. If you're on a sinking ship, it does not matter whether your preference is a hymn or a band. <laughs> oh, God. You, you, you got to hear me. Because we have these fights in the church over whether we're going to sing the hymns. Sing the hymns. Fight whether or not we're going to have a band. Bring your band if that's your preference. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you that we have cross-references, hear this, of churches who sing hymns and still went down. And then we have cross references of church. Churches who sing. Hear this. Under the canopy of being contemporary. With their band. And with their incandescence. Hear this. Lighting. And perhaps ambience of a different sort. And yet they sunk. So what I'm trying to get you to see, and I hope you walk with me, that it doesn't matter if you're traditional or contemporary. Hear this. If you don't embrace this ministry, you're going to die. <laughs> it was a painful, no less passionate Parlance emanating from the heart of a mother. Here's what she said to me in regards to her child. Painful, but passionate. She said, Pastor Kennedy, he, 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 listen to her language, perhaps uncouth, maybe raw, some would say, but listen to her language. She, she simply says, Pastor Kennedy, if the boy, 
speaking in reference to her son, does not get his act together, I don't expect him to leave long. <laughs> let, let me tell you again what she said. She speaks passionately but yet painfully of her son. She says, if the boy does not get his act together, she said, I'm afraid he won't leave long. Y'all might as well look up because I ain't come to talk about no boy. I, I've come to talk to the church. I, I won't tell you passionately and painfully if we don't get our act together. We ain't going to live long. <laughs> and if the local church has a future, we have to get our act together now. Somebody say now. Now, I, I, I normally, I, I'd like it. Well, how much time do I have? 12 more minutes, 12 more minutes. Let me see what I can say in 12 more minutes, all right? I'm having to comb through my outline to see what perhaps there you go perhaps what's more specialized for this session so, so let, let me give this to you uh, when you look at creatively the design of the church God designed his church creatively for purpose for progress and for performance that reflects his power. <laughs> now, now that's just shouting stuff all by itself and, and perhaps, perhaps because I'm lecturing, you ought to be somewhat stoic. You ought not be so engaging. But, but, but let me just say it again. Creatively, God designed his church for purpose you, you got that, right? For progress, hear this, for performance that reflects his power. That's why he designed the church. And let me tell you something. He designed the church, and you got to hear this, and he grounded the church in grace for greatness and growth. Let me say it again. He created us and he grounded the church in grace for greatness and growth. Now, now I put growth on the end because what I want you to see is that you have to grow into your greatness. You, you, you just can't brag about we are a great church and you ain't growing. Greatness, perhaps, if I could say it this way, greatness is theoretical until it is existentially, hear this, employed through application. Now, now what I'm really trying to say to you, that, that, that I was born great. But, but greatness is now predicated upon my commitment to apply that which is resident in me. Another way of saying it. I am 
hear this but I'm becoming it is what Parker Palmer talks about this and of course he talks about his struggle he, he says one of my struggles is perhaps congruence between my, my inner person and, and my hear this outer practice <laughs> he says I know who I am on the inside sometimes my practice don't indicate who I know I am alright well so, so let me give it to you and I guess I'll have one or two witnesses in. I know I'm a child of God do I have any more affirmations oh but sometimes I may not act like it <laughs> because greatness is the result of application can I tell you that God has not given birth to one church that is not categorically great now I, I won't talk last few minutes I have I won't talk to you because whatever your church hear this wherever your church is and I don't know but I won't tell you that until you get a great mentality you'll never grow into your greatness now if you have that say amen, amen. he grounded the church graciously grace grounded us hear this for greatness and what and growth well, y'all got that right then having grounded the church here's what he does he grounds the church in grace for greatness and growth then he gives the church a goal for grading alright so y'all get that you, you can't grade me if you don't have a goal for me so, so, so here's what the Lord says that because ultimately I am the grader I don't have no assistant by which I turn loose to grade my church he says I give my church a goal and then I grade my church according to the goal that was given now can I give you our goal because a whole lot of churches don't understand your goal you are so confused perplexed perhaps some of us panicky because our goal is to be like church down down the street <laughs> our goal is to be like church on television here's our goal given to us by God grounded us in grace for greatness and growth gave us a goal for grading here's how he's going to grade your church are y'all ready here's what text says text says that our goal is to conform hear this into the image of Jesus Christ you're going to be graded based upon how much you reflect look like Jesus Christ here it is you may not be a big church I don't even want to know your size I want to know what you look like because because there are some big churches who who look more like their members than they do Jesus I, I, I ain't interested in how big you are I want to know what you look like 
because hear this you're going to be graded according to the goal y'all got it all right let me give you another one let me give you another one and i'm trying to perhaps now cherry pick that's all i'm trying to do but let, let me give you another one you, you're ready for it right okay let me give you let me give you the third one because he gives us grace he grounds us in grace for greatness and growth got that then once he grounds us he gives us a goal for grading because he's gonna grade you i don't care who you are now you can let folk interfere with your service ultimately i won't tell you you're gonna be great somebody say I'm a, i am going to be great but but he, here's what i love here's the third one now i just shout on this by myself nobody has a shot with me on this one so so, so he gives me a goal for grading then li listen to the third thing he gives me he gives me a gift for graduation <laughs> now that's just shouting stuff there alright so, so you don't get it let, let, let me give it to you thank God for the Holy Spirit because he gives me a gift for graduation can I tell you how and why I know I have not reached my pinnacle, my peak? Because I have a gift for graduation. Can I tell you how I know I'm going to make it? I got a gift for graduation. Can I tell you how I know that I am unstoppable? Because I have a gift for graduation. Can I tell you why? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I have a gift. Y'all got it. I give you this and I'm finished. I won't tell you I have much more to say. Hopefully I can finish it tomorrow. No, I won't finish it tomorrow. I'll just keep talking tomorrow, all right? Here's what I'm going to give you. And I'm finished. Here's why I can't lose heart. Not only I have I've been grounded, yes I have, in grace for greatness and growth. Praise the Lord. I've been given a goal for grading. And, and what I like about it, I don't have to compare myself with nobody else. Because Jesus is my goal. <laughs> but then I've been given a gift for graduation. Namely, the Holy Spirit. Here he is, and uh, almost happy, but I got to give you this. Uh, here is what Ergon uh, Motmund, um, 20th century, one of the most perhaps prolific 20th century German theologian, um, perhaps uh, of time. Uh, but, but here's what he says in reference. He wrote a book some years ago, a little book, and he titled the book, the source of life. And he speaks in subject of the Holy Spirit. And he says that the Holy Spirit is our source of life. Then, of course, he writes about the spirit of life. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. But he says something in his little fither piece that blows my mind. And I thought I would share it with the church. Because if you ever grab hold of the gift for graduation, your church will never be the same. I said your church will never be the same. If you can grab hold of this gift 
for graduation, your church will never be the same. Here's what Ergen Motman says. He says, we must never look at the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit is just another gift. <laughs> Among other gifts. Said, said, no, no, you must never look at the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit is a gift among other gifts. Here's what he says. The Holy Spirit, you got to get this, is the unrestricted presence of God on the inside of humanity. Now I'm going to my seat when I, when I, when I repeat it because some of you didn't get it. That the spirit of the Lord is the unrestricted presence of God in the church. Let me tell you something. I don't care where your church is located. If you ever began to walk with the Holy Spirit. He is the unrestricted presence of God. I won't tell you miraculously. It's perhaps no telling what he might do. If you just let him be Lord. Because wherever he's present. He's unrestricted. Geography can't restrict him. Demographics can't restrict him. I said he's un. Somebody say unrestricted. 